ladies and gentlemen, for the thousands in attendance, and for the ladies and gentlemen, for the thousands in attendance, and for the millions watching at home, DCK Productions proudly brings to you the greatest podcast in the world. The greatest podcast in the world? Suck it. No, you suck it. No, you suck it. No, you suck it. No, you suck it. I appreciate it if you both suck it. Suck it. Welcome, everybody, to Suck It. I am the great and powerful prince of all that is awesome, king of kings, Derek. How is everybody this evening? So, sorry about the little delay there. I had a quick phone call I had to answer, um, but all is good. I'm um, just making sure that the guest was on and looks like she's on. Um, so that's all fantastic. So before we get to our guest, I want to go ahead and introduce her to you. Um, her name is Gianna Harris. Um, she is one of the stars of the new movie Mighty Oak, which will be released on digital on July 7th. So with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and play you the trailer for Mighty Oak. Ladies and gentlemen, Army of Love. Hey, we are the opening act for Arcade Fire. <laughs> Morning, Mr. Biggs. Thanks for the guitar. This thing is amazing. Who's that? A lieutenant upstairs. You're writing a lot of songs? I actually wrote a song yesterday. You did? It's about it not being easy growing up. I hear your uh, friend's got some uh, sick skills. Sure does. I'm Gina. Oh, you uh, know anything about the man who owned that tailor? Bone Jackson, lead singer of Army of Love. Your sister, right? That him? Do you believe in reincarnation? What if we were all meant to be together? You, me, Vaughn, the band, just in a different way, in a different time. Is that so crazy? You guys ready to meet your new frontman? Oh my god. It's Army of Love. Woo! Yeah! You were meant to be a part of this family. 
Where did you find this kid? I didn't. He found me. I see that oak. How's you looking fine as hell? You brown sugar piece of candy. All right, and that is the trailer for Mighty Oak. And let's go ahead and um, I'm going to give you a little demo and, see, and show you who this chick is because she has got hell of a set of pipes on her. And um, I'm going to have and play you a quick little video from her uh, Instagram. Check this out. So call out my name. So that was uh, Gianna doing a nice little acoustic cover of uh, The Weeknd's Call Out My Name. So you've seen the trailer. You've seen the clip of her. So without further ado, let's bring on Gianna Harris. Hey, Gigi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Glad to have you on here. Thank you for having me. Oh, my pleasure. 100% my pleasure. So how are you today? I'm doing good. How are you? Not too shabby. Not too shabby. Where are you at right now? I am in New Jersey. You're in New Jersey. Yeah. You're only about four hours away from me. I'm in Northern Virginia. <laughs> Very nice. So yeah. um, so how's how's life been treating you? How's things been going? Um, kind of have a you kind of had a lot of your plate the last few months. So how's things been going? Um, it's a little hectic. It's it's weird because I'm used to doing a lot. So having the quarantine kind of slowed it down, but it's also a lot happening now since the movie is coming out. Mm -hmm. And it's weird to have a lot to do when there's nothing to do because then it feels like so insane. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. Oh, I definitely understand that. So, um, talk about the movie. Um, you know, talk about what you who you play in there, um, and then you know, kind of give us a little background on it. Um, yeah. So I play Emma Biggs in the movie. Um, she is um, Oak, who is the main character. I play his best friend in the show, in the movie, and um, it's about you know this kid who had, who's a prodigy on guitar. And, um, you know, he finds this guitar, I give it to him and he, he's so good that the band takes him in and they start to think that he is a reincarnation of their lead guitarist who had passed. That was a really bad explanation of the movie. And I'm no, 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 that's, that's <laughs> fine. That's, that's no, that's an actually pretty decent, you know, explanation. You know, the band has a tragic accident. The, the lead singer and guitarist dies. Mm -hmm. Kid shows up 10 years later and the sister thinks, Hey, this could be my brother reincarnated. Mm -hmm. 
that's a good explanation. That's pretty much what the movie is. Don't, don't be ashamed <laughs> <Yeah>. by that. <laughs> um, so how did you end up getting this part? What exactly, how was it presented to you? Um, so I have an agent and, you know, they usually send in, you know, headshots and if they have any, like, any other stuff that they can send in, they'll send it in. Um, I'm not in that process, so I know exactly how it works, but they usually send in, you know, stuff about me. And then they say, they are like either, yeah, sure or no, if they want me to audition. And then they said, yeah, and they gave me the, um, the audition and I, it was a self tape. So I did it at home and then I sent it in and we get a call from Tommy's dad, who is the lead, his dad. Um, and we know Tommy from School of Rock. I was in School of Rock with him on tour. So Great. we didn't expect that it was for a movie because we were just like, oh, that's weird. He's calling us. Maybe he's come, He's calling to say hello, you know? So we weren't expecting him to be like, hey, so you just auditioned for this movie that we're working on and we would like you to be the role. And it was just like really crazy because we just weren't expecting that for, from him. We usually get it from like the agent. So it was crazy that... Um, that they saw me, that they that my agent saw the project and sent me in, and it was with one of my friends. Got you. Okay, um, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, all right. So first off, real quick, quick little thing about me and my interview style. I go all over the place, so we'll start one place and we'll jump ahead and then we'll come back. We're all over the place. Okay. So you just I'm mentioned. Like <laughs> <laughs> so you just mentioned that you were um, on you were on the Broadway show or the traveling show of the um, School of Rock. I actually was in both. Um, you were both. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You were on both. Okay. So with that being said, your the guy who plays your dad in the movie, Rodney Hicks, mm -hmm. who I have on the show tomorrow. Yeah. Um, yes is a Broadway legend. I mean, mm -hmm. coming from Rent and all that stuff like that. How did it feel being paired up with that guy in this movie? It was so weird. It was so, it was crazy. I was like, oh my gosh, this huge Broadway like star is gonna play my dad in this, in this show. And it was really, it was really crazy. And you know, I'd seen his work and it was just really, really amazing. And he's so sweet. You're like, you'll see tomorrow. He's such a nice guy and he's really easy to talk to and you know, really good conversations with him. He's just, he has such a beautiful soul. I always say that when I talk about him, he has such a beautiful soul. Yeah. Reading about him and everything like that. I'm, I am stoked to talk to him tomorrow. Yeah. Um, and one of the reasons why I'm so stoked about it is because, you know, you know, rent is such an iconic, mm -hmm. you know, uh, part of American history. And then on top of that, you know, my, uh, one of my best friends, her favorite Broadway musical is that is, is rent. So she's kind mm -hmm. of excited for me, um, to be able to talk to him. So, you know, I'm stoked about that, but, um, mm -hmm. talk about, you know, the transition that you had from going from Broadway to, you know, to, to the silver screen. I mean, that's a huge transition. Mm -hmm. A lot of people try it. A lot of people fail and yeah. then they end up going back. Um, so why did you, you know, what are you trying to transition completely? Or are you trying to just do both? I mean, talk about that transition. Um, you know, it's, it's really hard to go from Broadway acting to like screen acting and vice versa. So it, it's really hard to do that because they're completely different styles, like completely. You know, Broadway is very big and exaggerated and screen acting is the opposite. You want to do as little as possible because it picks up on camera. So it's, it's really hard. Um, but I was never, I started off on, at singing. So I had an act before um, School of Rock and I had to learn how to act through School of Rock 
And, you know, I started to take other acting classes and I started to learn how to act for television and movies. So I was kind of learning both at the same time. So it wasn't, it was, it was definitely very hard. And the cast was so amazing and, you know, the crew and they, they taught me a lot of stuff, you know, just watching them, but also telling me like, oh, this is, you know, you could do it this way and it, it'll look better on screen and stuff like that. But it was definitely, it was hard and easy at the same time because, the transition is weird, but having that amazing group of people that wanted to see me succeed in the movie. So um, with that being said, now that you've done, you know, a feature length film that um, has gotten a lot of press, you know, produced mm -hmm. by Paramount. Yeah. Now it's getting released to digital here in five days. Mm -hmm. um, is this something that you want to continue to pursue or are you, or do you like the, the, the lights and the, the people and the immediate reaction of that Broadway crowd? Um, I mean, I like it. I like them both, but singing is my passion. So if I were to pursue something like just one thing, it would probably be singing, which is close to Broadway because you do get that immediate reaction and you're live and, you know, you get to do it all the time. And it's not movies are different because you only get only you only get a couple takes and, you know, doing like tours and Broadway, you get to do it, you know, every night. So I, I love them all. I love them all like so much, but um, I'm probably going to continue to do all of them. I don't think I could ever pick just one. Um, so you're actually wanting to start a music career then? Yes. Yeah. Interesting. Have you started pursuing that? Have you put together anything or you're, are you kind of in the beginning stages of that or what exactly where are you at with that? Um, so a while ago before it was probably like a year ago, I started a band and um, it recently started to fall apart, but we were doing that for a while. And now I'm in a girls group. We're called Enjoy the Journey. And we started that a month or two before quarantine happened. So everything kind of stopped really fast in the process. So, you know, I've, uh, yeah, I have been pursuing that. And, you know, I have a producer that I work with all the time, but right now we can't really do much. So, you know, I'm just kind of waiting until everything is better. Yeah. I mean, so talk about, you know, the, I don't, I don't want to say the heartbreak, but I mean, let's just call it what it is. You know, the shit fest that was COVID that happened, mm -hmm. you know, so you're getting ready to put out this awesome movie, mm -hmm. you know, it kind of went in the theaters. It kind of didn't, mm -hmm. and it, but it didn't have nearly what it was supposed to have, you know, that yeah. nearly that punch. So how much, did that, you know, how, how much of that did you, you know, did, that, did you feel from that? It was, we were really close to putting the movie out when everything started. And I was, you know, that excitement of like, you know, oh my God, the movie's going to come out. And, you know, people asking me like, hey, when's it coming out? I heard you did that movie, you know? So when we went into quarantine, I was like, well, what's going to happen with the movie? It was just about to come out. Like, what are they going to do? And, um, it was it i'm still glad that it's coming out and a lot a lot of, not a lot of stuff is coming out right now so hopefully it will do pretty well but you know it was it was really sad to not be able to do as much as i wanted to like i wanted to actually go see it in the theaters and stuff like that but yeah didn't so you know it, it was really sad and i wanted to you know watch it with like all my friends at like the screening and stuff, but but also the big premiere party and walking yeah, the red carpet too. and Everyone all that other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, you got to miss that. It was your first flick, and you got to miss that. So, yeah. um, I hope that uh, that changes for you. You know, hopefully, everything calms down. Even though you know, uh, it's getting worse. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, yeah. um, my family lives in Florida. Um, they mm -hmm. opened up everything, and they didn't abide by you know social distancing or wearing masks. And then they get 10,000 new cases in one day over the weekend. L.A. County was opening back up and now they're closing up again as of yesterday. So it's just yeah. like it's just it's crazy. Mm -hmm. um, we were supposed to, you know, get better with the warm weather and nothing it, happened. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, I'm excited for the movie. I, you know, I've mm -hmm. I've watched the trailer 50 times and I've, <laughs> you know, I've, you know, read about it and, you know, getting prepared for you and Roddy for tomorrow, you know, mm -hmm. I, I was like really stoked for this movie. And so I can't wait for it on Tuesday. I'm, we're buying it as soon as it comes out. Yeah. Um, so we're, we're doing it. And then, uh, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. So you want to continue working on Broadway. You want to, you know, continue working in movies. You want to start your own music career. You know, how are you going to, you know, being at such a young age, how do you think that's going to affect you in the long run? Um, uh, what do you mean by that? Um, <laughs> well, let's, 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 let's be real. You know, I'm, you know, mm -hmm. like I told you, I'm all over the place and I'm a, I'm a very real guy. Mm -hmm. Okay. Historically. Okay. Historically. Now mm -hmm. it's been better recently, but historically, you know, a lot of child actors who grow up in the business and do a lot of stuff like that turn out in a turn out in a certain way. We'll just put it that mm -hmm. way, you know, and with you planning and doing all this other stuff, it kind of opens you up to more, you know, because mm -hmm. now you're going to be a part of three different, you know, types of genres that yeah. could open you up, up to more of the bad habits that, you know, child actors, you know, end up having. Mm -hmm. Um how are you going to be able to balance that and stay away from all the drama behind it? Um, you know, it, it is, it is really hard to, cause it's kind of what the job is, is the drama and is the people knowing everything about you. And, um, you know, I don't want, this is how like me and my parents have, you know, even like my friends that are in the business, how they feel about it. They don't want to blow up when they're young. They want to be older when they blow up because that's where the problems usually start when they're younger. And um, it's it's I rather I rather have a slow build than have it all at once. That's kind yeah. of what I want. I want a slower build so it's not as crazy and insane. Um, but I am 15 now, so I'm I'll I'll be 18 in three years. So, you know, I don't maybe it does. You know, I do blow up soon, which would be insane. But I'm I'm hoping for it to be a little slower than, um, you know, how normal child actors are, and I feel like that will help with that too. Yeah, because yeah. I, I honestly, I mean, when I see a, a talent like you, um, or some of the others out there that have you know come up in the business and as a child and stuff like that, and then I see that fall from grace sometimes, or I see them, you know, outlive, you know. There's some that have survived it and never, you know, never came across it. Like um, Justin mm -hmm. Timberlake is a prime example of that. He grew up in the business and never, ever wavered. However, yeah. his girlfriend, his girl, his ex-girlfriend kind of went the complete opposite way in Britney Spears. And, mm -hmm. you know, but then you also have cases like Drew Barrymore and, 
you know, River Phoenix, you know, Joaquin's uh, Phoenix's brother, you know, stuff like that. So it's like, you know, it's, it's, I just, I, I just hope for the best for you and all the child actors out there. Cause I know how difficult it can be. Yeah. So I just hope that you keep your head on straight and, you know, you, you follow your parents' advice. Yeah. Young lady. yeah. um no i have an 18 year old daughter you know and Mm -hmm. talking to you kind of makes me feel really old knowing that my oldest daughter is younger than you older than you um (laughs) even though i'm only 39 (laughs) um so one of the things that kind of got me excited about you talking to you today the most is not the movie stuff not the singing stuff not the broadway stuff but there's two things that you're very, very passionate about that I myself am very, very passionate about. Mm-hmm. And the first thing is mental health. And then the second is the LGBTQ stuff. Mm-hmm. So as far as like the mental health stuff goes, I'm bipolar mm-hmm. um, with massive depression and, you know, extreme anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm a huge mental health advocate. I mean, during the month of May, we partnered with the, uh, uh, a couple different mental health organizations and did some stuff with them, you know, kind of did some fundraising and stuff like that. And then I'm also big in the LGBT community as well, because my daughter, my 18 year old, like I was just saying is actually gay. Mm-hmm. Um, my best friend who I told you loves rent is obviously gay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, and uh, a few other people in my life are, and you know, that is a huge part of my life as well. Cause I'm not, I'm not a member, but I'm an advocate for it. Mm-hmm. Um, why so why are you you know what made you get involved with those two types of organizations or Mm -hmm. causes i should say causes yeah um for the mental health i do have bad anxiety um i had when it was around when i was uh like eight or nine i uh developed really really bad separation anxiety like it was uh really hard for me to be away from my parents or like just everything it affected so much in my life it affected school it affected eating i could i was so skinny i didn't eat because you know it gave me really bad stomach pains and then you know it it was it really affected my life and it kind of controlled it for a while so um i did get better i still have anxiety and you know i can i can recognize it now and i can kind of control it and they're not as bad the attacks and they don't come as often as they used to um, my life was for a while, literally just one big anxiety attack all the time. I know so, the feeling. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I got better. Music helped me with that. Um, you know, getting better with it. When I started school of rock, it was starting to go away. Um, I had amazing, um, amazing, uh, therapists and stuff like that who helped me with everything. And when I started school of rock, I still had it. And, um, throughout School of Rock, I met these amazing friends that knew when I was having an anxiety attack and they'd help me. And, you know, being around them all the time also helped my anxiety get better. And, you know, being around music and all these amazing people, it made it get better. And now it's barely a problem now, which is such an amazing thing. Um, So, you know, I want to make sure that um, people recognize it and they don't just push it away because it is such a serious you know, mental health is so serious and people tend to not look at it, which is kind of crazy because it's so important. You know, you want to make sure people are safe and, you know, that they're doing okay. So yeah. I want to, 
you know, use my platform to use my voice to be like, hey, we need to um, talk about this more and make it normal to talk about it and not have it as this like, ooh, off topic that you shouldn't talk about. It should be talked about regularly. Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree with you. And that's mm -hmm. one of the reasons why I started this podcast um, mm -hmm. is is because of the mental health stuff. Yeah. But, you know, the, the and that's not my main focus on the show. I'm an interview talk show. Yeah. However, um, the moment we go off the air, you know, you and I, I go into a little, you know, rant and I'll do my little monologue. I kind of, I kind of do a reverse tonight show thing, no mm -hmm. monologue. And then guest no, it's guest and monologue, but, uh, mm -hmm. um, that's one of the focuses on the show. Um, mm -hmm. but I don't talk about it all the time because I don't want to focus on it. Yeah. But at the same time, I want people to know that, Hey, I'm bipolar. Hey, I have anxiety. Hey, I have depression. I have mental illness. But the thing about it is I come on the show five nights a week for, you know, two hours a night, talk to these people without having an anxiety attack and still make sure that I'm making people laugh, you know, can joke about my illness, you know, basically self-deprecate <laughs> and do all this cool stuff. And I survive every day. Mm -hmm. So by me doing this, I'm hoping that without saying it, I'm helping somebody listens and goes, hey, if Derek can do it, so can I. Yes. And that's yes. that is my goal. That is the whole goal of this podcast. Even though I don't talk about it all the time, that is the goal of this podcast. Yeah. So I'm so glad to have, you know, somebody else in the entertainment business like yourself, you know, mm -hmm. advocating for this because especially coming from a guy, one of the biggest things that one of the biggest hurdles that I've had as a man is that it's I've always been told, "Oh, you know, depression is for women." You know, oh, mm -hmm. you know, man up yeah. or suck it up or whatever else, you know, the case might be. And to be totally honest with you, the the reason why this podcast is called Suck It is it because, you know, just telling you know random people oh, to suck it? No, no. It's for anyone who's ever told me to suck it up. Mm -hmm. I'm telling them just to suck it. And, and because I don't want to suck it up. I want to, I want to spread my message. I want to yeah. get better. And I want to make sure that people understand, Hey, you're not alone. Mm -hmm. You know? Um, so with that being said, I mean, having the severe anxiety that you had and then going on school of rock and Broadway in front of thousands of people, how did you overcome that stage fright anxiety? Yeah, granted, the music helped, the people around you helped, but mm -hmm. there's still that 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 there's something about it, you know, that just that immediate reaction of holy God, I'm in front of these people. Mm -hmm. How did you deal with that piece of it? It's so weird. It's so weird. And I feel like any other performer would say this too. I can't perform in small crowds. I used to not, I can do it now, it's better now, but I used to not be able to perform in small crowds. And I still get so nervous when I perform in small crowds. But if I have so many people in front of me and I can barely see most of the faces, I don't, I'm not as anxious. That makes sense. And not as anxious. But the first time going on, it was like, oh my gosh. You know, the first like six months was still like really crazy. But after a while, you kind of, you get used to it. You know, you still get those, those nerves, but most of those nerves are excitement at that point. Like once you're a couple months in, all the nerves that you used to have turn into excitement to go on the stage. So it, it, it's, it's a very, it's very quick <sighs> for me to not be nervous. Once I'm on, I'm not nervous anymore. Yeah. Um, so for me, it's kind of weird. So my history is I used to be a professional musician. So mm -hmm. I used to do some touring stuff. And I played in front of 10,000 people before. Mm -hmm. um, and then I was a professional wrestler for 12 years. So, and now I'm a stand up comic. 
and I do the show. So I've always been an entertainer. I've been in the business now for more than 20 years. Um, but for me, when I walk out on stage or if I was walking out to wrestle or if I was walking out with a guitar on my, you know, my shoulder, something weird happened to me. And it's, and I don't know if you can kind of understand this because it's weird because when I explain it to other people, most people kind of look at me and go, huh? Mm -hmm. But it's almost like an out of body experience. It's like I, the moment I walk through that curtain, I stop being Derek and I'm somebody else. And it's almost like the muscle memory kicks in and the whoever that person is, is doing all the work. And Derek is kind of sitting outside of the thing and kind of watching this person who looks like me do mm -hmm. it. So it's not even it doesn't even feel like I'm the one up there doing it. It's mm -hmm. almost like it's almost like a dream. Okay. Yeah. Does that make sense? So mm -hmm. it, it, that's how I'm able to separate it. Cause then as soon as mm -hmm. I walk off the stage, it's almost like I had like a, it's like I was like blacked out for a second. Like what just happened? And then I go back yeah. and watch the video of it. I'm like, Oh, that really was me. <laughs> <laughs> but while I'm doing it, it doesn't feel like it. Like I can look back at all the concerts and all the wrestling matches I've done. And it's like, I don't remember ever being inside the ring or on the stage, mm -hmm. but I remember watching myself do that kind of thinking in my, like, how, did that happen? I don't remember doing that. And it's weird. Um, but I, I definitely attribute that to my anxiety and I definitely contribute that to my bipolar. You know, it's just, it's, it's odd. Everyone has their own tricks. Yeah. Um, yeah. So how did you get involved in Broadway? I mean, how did school of rock even happen? Oh, it was so weird. I never, I didn't even know what Broadway was. That's like the crazy part. I did not know what Broadway was. And then I booked okay. a show and that's how I learned what Broadway was. And um, I'd been doing um, different uh, talent shows, singing talent shows, like around New Jersey. And my vocal coach was like, hey, why don't you audition for Broadway? Because she was like a Broadway teacher. So she was like, why don't you audition for Broadway? And I was like, okay, cool, that's Broadway. Um, so, you know, I'm auditioning for <laughs> like Annie and, and Matilda. And um, I finally did this showcase called Random Farms. and it's basically a showcase where you audition in front of agents and managers. And that's how I got my agent through Random Farms. And, and you know, I was only with her for three months and then I booked School of Rock. So it was, wow. yeah, it was really fast, like really, really fast. They were like, that's crazy. It's like never happened. <laughs> that is nuts. Yeah. Um, that's really, really fast. Jeez. Yeah. The whole process was fast. Like even, even learning the show was really fast. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they, they were, you know, auditioning for my character Chanel and they had three weeks to like, until they needed, like they needed someone. And they were like, they told me this when I left, Oh, they were like settling for someone. And then they saw me and they're like, that's the character. And I got like two and a half, weeks to learn the whole show <clears throat> wow yeah and then like i did a week of shows and then i went back to learn my character that i understudied for like it was so crazy so crazy when you auditioned for that uh that show did you know what the significance behind it was like where it came from and stuff like that did you understand how you know cool of an experience that movie and everything like that before it came you know was um it's actually funny now I think about it. I auditioned for the original cast because I wasn't in the original cast. Mm -hmm. um, 
And you know, when I auditioned for it, my parents were like, this is a movie, you have to watch the movie, right? So I watched the movie and then I always was watching the movie. I loved it so much, I would watch it all the time. And then, you know, um, a couple months later, I was in the show. So yeah. it was funny cause you could see in the, um, cause you know how like the Broadway channels on YouTube, they have like showing the casting calls for everything. Mm -hmm. I'm actually in one of those <laughs> in the background, like talking to my dad at one of the auditions and my friends that were in the show were watching them. They're like, you're in it. And I was like, yeah, I was there. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. That, that is, you know, so, um, well, one thing I didn't look up about you was your IMDb. Um, so are the only two things that you have to your credit right now is school of rock and the movie. Um, I have done, I was at the Apollo. I won first place at the Apollo Stars of tomorrow. Um, for school of rock, I was on shows like good morning America. Yes. All of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, the Tony awards. Um, and I recently, right before Mighty Oak, I did a short film called The O'Cloths. What was that about? It was about a family. Well, it was a girl and her dad. It was, um, they can control time and they're messing with each other by controlling time. Um, yeah, it was really funny because we got to like, my character clapped and she could go back a couple seconds into time. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, his character could like, was like, you know, the master of controlling time. So he could like walk through time, like he could pause me and then continue what he was doing. So it was, it was really fun to film because there were certain parts where I just had to stand there and be like, uh. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. It was really, it's really, really cute. It's really cute. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so what do you, do you have anything lined up or are you just kind of waiting it out or, I mean, is there not much really going on right now? Yeah. I mean, I haven't, Nothing's happening right now. The only thing that's kind of uh, I'm waiting for is to continue with my girls group, enjoy the journey. That's the only thing where it's like, that is still happening. You know, they're still yeah. writing my their producer. He's still, you know, writing stuff for us and producing tracks and stuff like that. Awesome. Yeah. So do you guys have plan an album coming out? Do you have anything like singles getting ready to drop? Do you have anything planned for that right now? Um, not quite. Um, you know, we want to get our following up at the moment. Um, and we were, we were growing pretty fast. Um, but since everything, we were growing fast and then everything, we couldn't have any, we didn't have any videos of us singing anymore. Like we'd use them all. So yeah. we don't really have, you know, much right now so we have all this music prepared and you know all these all these songs that we want to make you know drop but we can't because you know everything that's happening yeah, yeah. absolutely it, it it sucks i mean mm -hmm. yeah i mean because even when you know because i know that you know some studios like paramount still work you know up and going and they're still making movies and stuff like that but they've got like really 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 limited crew mm -hmm. everyone's wearing masks except for the actors while they're yeah. acting and then the moment the acting's done they put the mask right back on yeah. you know they're doing they're doing separate scenes and then cutting things in you know so i'm gonna do this and i'm gonna talk to to nobody and then you're gonna come in you're gonna talk over here and they're just gonna kind of splice them together so they're doing weird really weird stuff with you know that kind of stuff yeah. so it's I was uh, another interview and I was with the whole cast and they said that someone said that they are doing uh, CGI kisses. They're not having, they're having, they're making the actors not kiss right now. They're doing <laughs> CGI, which is so weird. 
I haven't heard that, but that's funny. <laughs> oh man, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> <laughs> the business of entertainment is crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it really is. And, you know, like you said, it it happened for you all really, really, really fast. Yeah. Um, and it's just one of those one of those things. Um, all right. So talk about we've talked about the mental health stuff. We talked about mm-hmm. your Broadway. We've talked about the movie. Um, we've talked about your love for, um, you know, for your dad on the movie, you know, Rodney. Mm-hmm. Um, so with that uh, with specific to that, talk about why you were so involved in the LGBTQ community. Um, I have um, a lot of friends. I have my older brother. He is, you know, gay. And um, I have a lot of friends that are in the community. So, and, you know, who knows for me, I'm only 15. I don't have to know. You know what I mean? I mean, it doesn't matter how old you are. You don't have to know. You can experience certain things at whatever age you want. So, you know, exactly. So who knows if I'll ever be part of it. Um, so it's such it's such a taboo thing to be part of the community, you know, with religion and, you know, just people saying, oh, it's bad. You know, I want to be there for others to be like, no, it's not. And I hear your voice. I hear your voice. I hear the struggles you have to go through. And, you know, I'm all for you because who cares who you love? You know what I mean? Like, love who you want to love. It has nothing to do with me. It all has to do with you, not me or anyone else. It's for you. So I'm here just to listen and understand as much as I can for all of those people. And, you know, as I said, it is taboo. And I just want them to feel comfortable with me to share. And I have had people feel comfortable enough with to uh, comfortable enough with me to come out to me like before their family and be like, Hey, I wanted to come to you and tell you this. Cause I know you understand. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, like I said, I mean, I, I am, you know, definitely involved um, with the, that community very heavily. Mm-hmm. Um, to be totally honest with you on my daughter's 18th birthday back in December, um, me, my wife and her all went and got gay pride tattoos. Um, so I bought her her first tattoo. We bought her her first tattoo for her birthday. And Mm -hmm. I can proudly say that I am one of the only straight men in the entire world with a gay pride tattoo that says love in the rainbow on my arm. Yes. I love that. Um, it's so I take pride in that. Get it? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, but it's, you know, it's, it's still a huge deal in this country. Um, you know, the, there, there's still so many, you know, whether it's the black lives matter stuff, whether it's, you know, the LGBTQ stuff, whether it's me too, which is coming back around again, or now it's called stand stand up or speak out, whatever it's called now. Um, you know, there's still so much persecution and, you know, finger pointing and all this other stuff. And I think you said it best. And for a, a 15 year old to recognize that, I commend you. And I do think a lot of it is religion based. I wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly agree with you. There has been more war, more bloodshed and more people have died in this world since the beginning of time because of that word. Yes. Yep. I, so I wholeheartedly agree with you. Um, yeah, that book is dangerous in the wrong hands. Mm -hmm. I was watching, it's called um, Looking for Alaska. Oh, it's such a good book. It touches on religion and um, has a really good question in it. And it's called, it's, it's, um, 
it's a quote from, oh, I, f I forget his name, but he was like some army general. And his last words were, how will I ever get out of this labyrinth of suffering? And it was like, you know, religion based. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh, so it was, it was, I guess it was a religion based book. They talked a lot about religion, but I watched the movie version and they, someone said, one of their questions was, how can something like religion that is so, you know, sacred and beautiful cause so much war? Well, I can and answer that I question. I can actually answer that question for you. Mm -hmm. You want to, you want to know the answer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Religion is man-made. Mm -hmm. Religion's not an act of God. If you open up the both books, you know, the Old Testament or the New Testament, Mm -hmm. You know, whether it's, you know, the only religion that's quote unquote is mentioned in there is Judaism. And at that time, being a Jew was you were from Judea. You were a Jewish mm -hmm. person from Judea. That wasn't even a religion at the time. It was just, you know, that's what it was. And then after, you know, Christ died and all this other stuff, Christianity was born out of his name. Because people said, let's do this. And then one person said, oh, well, I don't like this. I'm going to go. Now I'm going to go create Protestants. Oh, I don't like this. Now I'm going to go create baptism. I'm going to be Baptists. And I'm going to, oh, I don't like this. Now I'm going to go create, you know, this or, you know, being a Methodist. You know, all this stuff. It's all man-made. Yeah. And that's why. It's because man is imperfect. And we think we're right no matter how wrong we are. Mm -hmm. And we will fight to the death even though we know we're wrong. Yes. Yes. I agree. I agree. So that is, that's my opinion on that. Um, I, so I'm not a religious guy. However, yeah. I am, I am, I'm a spiritual guy. I do believe in God. You know, I, you know, I do believe in Jesus, what he was or what he is, is a, is a question to me, but I know he existed. Mm -hmm. you know, so all this kind of stuff, but as far as the actual word religion, I have no affiliation and I want no affiliation. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think you're on the right track, young lady. Yeah. Um, but as long as you live your life the right way, mm -hmm. you know, God's just going to sit there and do the right thing by you. So that's how I feel about it. Yeah. And I think you're doing the right things. Thank you so much. Thank you. I try. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I look forward to seeing the movie on Tuesday. Um, mm -hmm. Me and my wife are ready to buy it. Um yeah. We're not going to rent it. We're going to buy it just because yeah. you deserve that, that cash flow. Um, yes. We're going to watch it. And um, I'll even send you a DM on it on Tuesday, let you know how good you were in it. Um, but, you know, I'm really looking forward to it. And I really, really, really look forward to seeing, you know, where you go from here. Mm -hmm. um, I hope you kick the entertainment world in the nuts and show who Gianna <laughs> Harris is. You yes. know, that is the yes. honest to God truth. Please do so. And then when you become big and famous, don't forget about me. And you come on the show yeah. back again and say, Derek, I did it. And I'm yeah. like, I told you you did it. Yes. Amazing. Yes. Because I'm not going anywhere. I'll be around for years and years and years mm -hmm. and years and years. So I'll still be here doing the exact same thing. I might be on a different platform, but I'll still be here doing the exact same thing. <laughs> but Gianna, Gigi, you know, you were an awesome, awesome you know, little girl, I, 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 you know, you're going to be an amazing woman when you turn 18. So my hat's off to you. You're mature. You're intelligent. You've got a hell of a set of pipes on you. Um, and you, you're going places. And I want, you know, you know, my 9,000 viewers and listeners right now to say, Holy crap. I want to go listen to this movie or watch this movie on Tuesday. So yes, please, please do, please do. 
please go get the Mighty Oak on Tuesday out on digital. So you can get it on Amazon. You can get it on Apple TV. You can get it anywhere you get your digital movies. Um, get it, watch it, rate it, and give it a good thumbs up on Rotten Tomatoes. Actually, right now at Rotten Tomatoes, you got an 80% audience score. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty damn good. Yeah. Um, the critics don't listen to the – when you go on the Rotten Tomatoes, never look at the critic score. Look at what the people are saying. The critics mm -hmm. don't matter. It's the people. Yeah. Um, but, no, I was reading some of the comments on there today. I don't know if you've gone, but I'm gonna I'm gonna read this to you real quick. You gotta listen to this, okay? Um, because you know they they don't mention anybody specific, but it is it's it's inspiring. So I want to I want to actually I'm sorry, your audience rating score just jumped up to a 94. percent Oh my gosh! Yes. So uh, Mighty Oak right now has a 94 percent um, on. Um, audience rating on Rotten Tomatoes. So here's some of the um, the reviews. Um, Every single actor steps up to the plate, which is impressive in an ensemble cast like this. A heartfelt drama that is an absolute must-see. Mighty Oak will tug at your heart and remind you what it is like to be a young and full of dreams while offering hope to those who have lost their way. Um... Though not perfect, Mighty Oak gives a glimpse into grief outside and hopefully helps us feel empathy and kindness for those who, <clears throat> whose stories we do not know. Um, you know, they're, it, th these reviews are sick. Um, Mighty Oak is a light, um, light and entertaining film that is mature enough for older kids and will not bore adults um, who are used to family content. Um a warm and welcoming, scrappy, scruffy underdog kind of movie, um, despite a few issues, will likely leave a smile on your face and a song in your heart. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, and then they, they compliment Tommy in this one. Tommy's Tommy Reagan's uh, soulfulness and enthusiasm brings the audience to joyful tears. So, I mean, you guys are getting some rave reviews. Yeah, um, yeah. 94% on Rotten Tomatoes. That's yeah. <laughs> you guys. Um uh one last question and then I'm going to leave you be. What was it like working with Raven Simone? Oh my gosh. My my parents grew up watching her. I grew up watching her. So it was like even though I didn't work directly with her, I got to meet her mm -hmm. and she's so sweet. You know, she's very, very professional, but she does, you know, have a quick little conversation, you know, take a picture. Um, she's really, really nice and she's she's funny in person. So, you know, um, it, w it was crazy meeting. I was so nervous to like walk over and be like, hi, can I have a picture? Not <laughs> 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 even Simone. Like, yeah. it was, it was, I was a little nervous. I was a little nervous. Of course. I mean, yeah. in your first few years in the business, you're going to get starstruck still. Um mm -hmm. But you can't let that, you know, kill your vibe and kill your juju mm -hmm. because you want them to be starstruck by you as well. Yeah. Like you are a talent. And um, one day you're going to hear that a lot. You. You're very, very welcome. Gigi, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Enjoy the rest of your summer. Um, you too. Or, tr or try to enjoy the rest of your summer. Um, <laughs> um, don't get sick, wear the yeah. mask. Uh, and, um, I, I look forward to seeing where you go. Cause I'm, I'm going to be looking for you.
Yes, yes. We should do another interview sometime. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Yeah, I've got your contact information, so we'll mm -hmm. definitely keep in touch. Yeah. All right, Gigi, you have a wonderful rest of your night and tell your parents I said hi. Yes, of course. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Wow. It is so... So in the last six days, I've interviewed two teenage girls. Um, yeah, Monday, you know, Friday was a little bit of a different scenario with uh, Ashley Brenton, you know, her being a, you know, a female rapper. She's 19 and stuff like that. But again, the music that Ashley puts out is not who Ashley is, you know, and I proved that fact last Friday. And then going into this interview with her, I didn't know what to expect. But that girl is not 15 years old. She's she's more mature than I am. Um, so definitely, 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 definitely check out that flick. Um, I'm stoked. Even though it's a, a teenage film with the, you know that heartfelt stuff, I'm still sick and you know I'm you know ready to see it because it looks just amazing. Um, so with that said, now let's come and see my pre-recorded voice on a pre-recorded video message telling you to buy shit. Guys, I'm here to tell you all about the brand new revolutionary product for manscaping today. The Lawnmower 3.0, a product that will not nick your sack and make sure that your manhood stays protected the entire time you are shaving. So do yourself a favor and go to manscaped.com and use promo code SHUTUPCAMERON for 20% off the Perfect Package 3.0, which not only includes the Lawnmower 3.0, but it also includes ball toner, which helps prevent ingrown hairs. You get ball deodorant, which helps prevent chafing and man stank. You also get this awesome sleek stylish leather carrying case offer $99.99 and when you use that promo code you get 20% off. Also just released the Weed Whacker, the perfect nose and ear hair trimmer. So again, go to manscaped.com, use promo code SHUTUPCAMERON for 20% off. Trust me, your balls will thank you. Guys, ever wonder how I get this manly beard looking so good? It's all because of Viking Revolution. And at Viking Revolution, not only can you get some great beard balms, but you can also get some great beard oils, as well as some awesome quick shower pads, which helps prevent you stanking up after the gym. Also, these great wet wipes, which help prevent, you know, stanky after you know, going doo-doo. And also some pomades and some other great products all at Viking Revolution. So you do yourself a favor, go to dcproductions.com forward slash sponsors, click on the banner, and get yourself some of these great products. Viking Revolution. Join the revolution. So, again, tomorrow, live on Twitch, 8 p.m., the Lawnmower 3.0 Perfect Package 3, Purpose Package 3.0 giveaway, and the Twitch stream only. Again, Twitch stream only. Sign up for Twitch. Again, you will love all the great content on Twitch. It's not just for gamers anymore. There's tons of people out here like me. There is a guy named Relic who does another talk show like this who wears a clown mask and interviews guys. And it's freaking hilarious. Um, there's so many, much cool shit on Twitch. And I'm trying to you know help bridge that gap from podcast to Twitch. Because, again, I'm getting 7,000 listeners, but now I only have you know four likes for four views right now on the stream 
which is fine. I don't care. I stream for one person. I'll stream for nobody because I love what I do. And I'm, I know eventually that this is going to get to the exact same point that the podcast is at because that's how damn good I am. Cause I know how funny I am. And that's why I picked an eight o'clock time slot because you know, it is what it is. Cause I want you to be able to sit down after dinner and say, Oh, let's watch Derek on TV. Cause he's freaking hilarious. All right. So with that being said, um, I had a monologue in mind. I can't remember what it was now. Uh, oh, I remember boobs. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, all right. So yesterday, or was it today? Either way, um, I was listening to one of my favorite podcasts and I plugged them all the time on here. Um, it's the, uh, the scrubs rewind show, um, with Zach and Donald. It's the scrubs show. Um, it's a great podcast. It's called uh, Real Friends, uh, Fake Doctors, Real Friends. Um, it's available everywhere podcasts are on. It's a basically, again, it's a Scrubs Rewind show. They watch an episode, and they talk about it, so on and so forth. Um, and then Tuesday, they actually released a special episode. They didn't actually um, talk about an episode. Um, what they did was they came on, they talked about some of their past, and uh, especially when it comes to racial things so if anyone has ever watched this show or is a big fan like i am um if you go back to hulu right now there's three episodes that have been taken off um and that was at the will of bill lawrence the creator um those three episodes had to do with blackface so there's three episodes in that um series that have blackface on it um now they did it if you've never seen the show they did it with the utmost intentions you know they did it for true comedy's sake so the first um instance of it takes place when jd and turk are in college and the character of turk is the black guy um played by donald Faison, and he thought it would be funny to go to a frat party um dressed as each other so he dressed up like jd you know being white and jd dressed up like him being black and it was they thought it was funny um and you know, Turk runs off right before the door opens and the, they open the door and, a, you know, a black fraternity open, you know, sees this guy and they get the shit out of him and whatever. Um, but so that was instance number one. Instance number two was while um, JD was dating um, Elliot or Dr. Reed, played by Sarah Chalk, Becky, second Becky from uh, Roseanne. Um, he said, well, you know, while he was dating her, the only thing way that this could be any better if she was a cross between her and Turk. So he had, so JD had a fantasy where she was Turk. So she looked like herself, but she was the black bald version of herself. And that was the second instance. And then the other instance was JD feeling like he was a little bit, um, he was so proud of his best friend. And so, you know, I he idolized his best friend so much. He thought what it would be like to be his best friend for the day. And he did blackface as Turk. So they were all based around the character of Turk. Um, and they weren't making fun of anybody. They weren't doing anything with ill intent. Um, it was just strictly for the laugh. Donald approved it, you know, thought it was really cool, thought it was funny. Um, the whole cast enjoyed it, whatever. However, now looking back on it, uh, the creator, Bill Lawrence, has said, hey, that was too far. Yeah, it was funny. But regardless of the humor or the intent, it's still offensive as hell. Um, and so they took it off. So those three episodes have been removed from Hulu. 
Um, so if you're, you know, binge watching a, a season of, hit, of Scrubs and you notice that there's an episode missing, it's one of those three episodes. Um, and I commend Bill Lawrence and Donald and uh, Zach Braff for doing such. Um, you know, listening to the episode on Tuesday, um, go back and listen to it. I think it's called um, Our History with Blackface or whatever, something along those lines. Um, like I said, it was this past Tuesday's episode. so. June 30th. Um, go back and listen to it. Um, even if you're not a Scrubs fan, it is a great history of why, you know, blackface is so bad. Um, and I learned something, you know, about this. And, you know, me being 39, you know, I didn't really under know what it meant. Um, now I knew blackface was bad, but I didn't know why. And I always, always heard Jim Crow, Jim Crow, Jim Crow. I didn't know what it was. I just thought it was, you know, whatever the case might be. I thought it was, just, I thought it was a black guy that fought against it. But it turns out that Jim Crow is actually a white dude dressing up in blackface, making fun of black people, trying to educate white Americans on how idiotic, air quotes, black people were. And that blew my mind. Um, because as Donald so pointed out, and now I can't watch this movie the same way anymore. Dumbo. The, the black crows that were in Dumbo. They were acting a certain way on purpose. Disney was trying to portray those black crows as slick, you know, sleek, you know, black guys. And they just happened to be crows. Jim Crow, you know, and it's mind blowing. It's, you know, so. Regardless of whether or not you turn on a TV and, you know, there's been a lot of, and I don't want to hear any, for those of you that have said, oh shit, you know, well on Scrubs, they did, you know, Turk dressed up as a white guy when he was, you know, Cal Turk, you know, insert salesman. No, that doesn't count because black people have never persecuted the white man, you know, white people. We never, they never enslaved us. Um. Or if they did, it wasn't for millions and millions, or excuse me, millions, for hundreds of years and, you know, whatever the case might be. Um, but regardless, you know, the history there is crazy. Um, so my favorite show of all time, which is Scrubs, just made my case for them being that much more awesome, that much more awesome. Um, they are. Yeah, I mean, it's a fantastic show. And then to acknowledge the mistakes of the past, you know, even though at the time they thought it was the right thing to do, they realized that it wasn't. Um, and that's really fucking badass. Um, so, yeah. My hat's off to them. Um, yeah, and if you haven't, you know, research much about it go research jim crow in like detail um that guy was a douche um what, what, was, what was that line um from some tv show he puts the douche in fiduciary <laughs> i can't remember where that came from but was that not another teen movie i don't remember no i don't think that was it I don't think that was it. Someone fact check me on that one. <laughs> oh, wait. She's going to do it. She's going to fact check. Um, 
but no, uh, either way. So go, go research some of that. It's, it's, uh, quite interesting. Um, especially with now day, you know, today's, you know, day and time, you know, we've got to be more aware, um, of that kind of stuff. Now, again, you know, whether Chappelle making fun of white people, you know, or whatever the case might be. It's funny because it's a stereotype that we've built. And you know what? If you're a comic and you're good at what you do, you can still go up on stage and, um, you know, make racial, you know, stereotype jokes, not racist jokes, racial type jokes and get away with it as long as it's funny. And as long as it's proving a point, um, uh, what was the joke? What, what, what? Oh, it was a how I met your mother joke. You put the douche in fiduciary. Oh, GMB puts the douche in fiduciary. Okay. That's what it was. Um, but anyway, so, and, and that's one of the things that we need to remember is, you know, racial profiling, racial stereotypes are bad. And, you know, saying that all, you know, black people are criminals or saying that all white people are rich, you know, stuck up, arrogant, you know, assholes that, you know, live on white privilege or, you know, whatever they say about, you know, every race. It's not right. And it's not, it's, it's bad. Okay. Um, but at the same time, there's a way to do it right. And there's a way to do it wrong. And blackface is the way to do it wrong. Um, you know, what, uh, what's his name? Kramer from uh, Seinfeld did a you know few years back. That was wrong. Um, but what Neil Brennan does is the right way to do it. So, you know, what Chappelle does is the right way to do it. What Chris Rock does is the right way to do it. Um, there's plenty of comedic ways to have to do racial jokes the right way. Because there's a difference between racism and stereotyping. And, you know, it's a very, 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 very sensitive subject. Um, and I'm only talking about this now because of what they did um, on Scrubs. Now, you know, there's still, you know, there's still a lot of things out there um, that have that kind of stuff in there, like trading places. Um, Dan Aykroyd goes onto a train dressed up like a Rastafarian with blackface on, um, you know, and I don't know if that they'll ever take that off the air or they'll edit that part out. I don't know if they'll remove the DVDs from the shelves. I, I don't know. Um, or take it off Amazon or whatever the case might be. Um, but either way, it's, it's not right. And I, again, I commend, uh, Bill Lawrence and the cast of scrubs for doing such. Um, it's a very, very admirable trait to do so. Um, so mental health message of the day, uh, yeah, we talked about star Wars last night, so I had to do that. Um, I had one pulled up and now it's gone. I need to research it again. Like my singing voice. 
All right. Clouds come floating into my life, no longer to carry rain or usher storm, but to add color to my sunset sky. My wife pulled up one too. Says, if you're tired, learn to rest, not quit. So you get two for the price of one today. Um, if you're tired, lay down and rest, not quit. I like that. And then mine is uh, clouds come floating into my life, no longer to carry rain or usher storm, but to add color to my su sunset sky. Um, my wife's looking at me like that was a retarded one. That was not. That was a good one. I never said retarded. No, you were making the jack off symbol. Like, it like, sounded, it sounded fiduciary. It sounded fiduciary. <laughs> hey, I do a mental health quote every fucking night. Occasionally, they're going to sound a little douchey. But you know what? It lifts people's fucking you know, spirits. People, I'm here to lift your spirits. And sometimes my mental health quote of the day is a little douchey and a little bit, you know, way too spiritual. Or a little bit way too, you know, on the nose. But you know what? It makes me happy. And if it makes you happy, then it makes me happy. So everybody across the country and the... Ten different countries that we're listened to in. I need everybody simultaneously on the count of three, because I want her to be able to hear it. All nine thousand of you people, it's going to be so loud that she can hear it from the fucking mountaintops. I want you to scream it on three. One, two, three. Suck it. Yeah. Fucking right. Um. See, that's another reason why I invented this show. So I can tell my wife to suck it and not get in trouble. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the way, for those of you who listened last night to the John Doe interview, and we were talking about getting back on the horse as far as getting married it goes. Oh, uh, uh. And I told I told him, you know, I'm gonna call start calling my wife old horse lady. That was not a good idea. So good. don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, tomorrow night. From the original cast of Rent, from the new movie Mighty Oak that we just talked to Gianna Harris, the guy who plays her father in the movie, a Broadway legend, Rodney Hicks, will be on the show tomorrow night. I am stoked beyond all realms of thought to talk to him tomorrow night. So please come and check that out. Broadway legend, Rodney Hicks, live same Twitch time, same Twitch channel, right here on DCK Productions Suck It Podcast. Um, with that, again, the Lawnmower 3.0 Perfect Package 3.0 right here. Who will win it? I don't know. Might be you. It might be you. It might be you. It might be you. I don't know. Whoever I'm pointing at. But anyway, if you want it to be you, you must be a follower. You must comment in the Twitch chat. Twitch only. As of tomorrow, tomorrow will be our last Facebook, you know, stream. We're exclusive to Twitch only come Monday. Um, and all of our podcast platforms. So podcast um, listeners, if you want to start watching us live, 8 o'clock on Twitch at DCK Productions. Come give us a watch. We're a great, we're a great way to end your day. You know, if you don't want to wait until Jimmy Fallon at eleven thirty, or you know Jimmy Kimmel at eleven thirty, or whatever the case might be, or 
you know, if you want a, a good talk show during the mid, you know, during the nice premiere hours, which is eight o'clock, then come check out the great and powerful prince of all that is awesome, the king of kings, Derek, live on Suck It Podcast, five nights a week, Monday through Friday, eight to nine thirty. 10 o'clock, depending on the guest and whatever else. But either way, from myself, from the mysterious Nicole, who's off getting drunk in Las Vegas right now, you know, let's pray for her safe arrival back home into LA and so she can come back and see us on Monday. Um, but until tomorrow, with the great legendary Broadway, you know, actor, singer, playwright, you know, Rodney Hicks will be on the show again, original cast member of Rent. The significance of that is beyond anything. Live on the show tomorrow night. We'll talk about Rent. We'll talk about Mighty Oak. We'll talk about his LGBTQ stuff. Um, and we'll so much more. It'll be a fantastic interview and the perfect package 3.0 giveaway. So, guys, from myself, from Nicole off in Las Vegas doing whatever she's doing. And from my fact checker this evening, my lovely wife, Christina, we bid you guys adieu. See you tomorrow, 8 o'clock, 5 o'clock West. Same Twitch time, same Twitch channel. Peace.